I'm excited about this because uh, you do have a powerful testimony and um, it's definitely like God's just encountering you from the, the moments that I've talked to you. And uh, this is Pastor Eric Bresgrove. Yes. I'm always worried when I say people's names, I'm going to get it wrong. But no, it's an honor to do this, um, especially since you've, you've powerfully impacted my life. Um, I, I was at school here in Texas, uh, was, went there because I felt the Holy Spirit called me there. And it was the charismatic part of it, of that school, Life Suffer Christianity, was new for me. And I was, had a hard time processing it. So I just, halfway through the semester, I stopped at your church, uh, Crosswalk Church, and uh, just was here for a Wednesday night service. And it's a whole story in itself how, like, as you were uh, teaching and stuff, uh, we, it was kind of weird. We just had this con- connection in the spirit, like this yeah. spiritual connection. And then you actually called me out and prayed for me, and I powerfully encountered the Holy Spirit, which actually shifted uh, a lot of things in my life and my ability to be able to receive from God instead of, like, overanalyzing everything. Like, something broke that, that night in that, in that sense, and it transformed my life. And I know, like, that's the culture and the heartbeat that you have here at this church Amen. to equip people. But, uh, Long before that started where you're at now, <laughs> there's, there was a journey to get there. Yeah, um, absolutely. So you, were you born originally here in Texas? Or? No, I'm from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I, yeah, I grew up in Oklahoma. And, and then um, I joined the Marine Corps right after high school and and went off to California. And they taught me how to drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I just, I, I was, I became an alcoholic after the first time I drank, it was like, man, this is awesome. And I felt like I could face people after yeah. I started drinking, you know. So I just, I started living a life of, you know, just partying. And it got worse and worse and worse. And I was, uh, I believe I was 30, 33 when, when God, when I met Jesus. And everything changed from that moment on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I remember like parts of the story that you had told me. Like the whole journey of you becoming a pastor and stuff like that, that was the, the journey of encountering God. Like, did you, I guess maybe we should go even back for like, did you grow up in church or like what was the, because the, you, didn't, you didn't always believe in the, the supernatural and stuff like that growing up in my. Yeah, so I, I didn't really grow up in church. Like if I would go to my grandparents, my, my grandparents always went to church. So my grandma would haul me off to church. And, you know, I, I remember I, I believed in God. Uh, and I believed the story of the Bible that Jesus was, you know, who the Bible said he was. But I just didn't know him. Mm. You know, all, all I knew is that they said, if, if you're a Christian, you can't live like this. Mm. And and you can't be a Christian if you live like this. And so I thought, well, I'm out, you know what <laughs> I mean? Because I, I didn't want to be an alcoholic. I, yeah. I didn't want to, you know, you, once you get sucked in, yeah. once, you, once you become addicted, there's really not anything you can personally do to stop, you know, people would say, man, you got to quit drinking. Mm. And I'd be like, yeah, no, I know. Is there <laughs> a secret? Can't. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> but I couldn't. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I said that my mom taught me a prayer when I was a kid. Now I lay me down to sleep. I mm. pray the Lord myself, <laughs> you know, that prayer. And so I, I would pray that um, throughout my life, but I, I just didn't know who I was praying to. And, um, I finally got so bad in my, my drinking. Uh, I was very fortunate. I, I did all, all the drugs that were available, but mm. I never was really a drug addict. Wow. I only did like meth and Coke so I could drink more. Mm. So if I didn't have the drugs, I was cool because I could just go to the liquor store. Gotcha. And um, I, I cheated on my wife. I mean, I was a horrible husband. 
And uh, so she finally got fed up with it after about 10 years. And uh, she kicked me out of the house. And uh, I, I found, you know, I, I had already been to three uh, rehabs. Mm. I, they were all court ordered. I'd gotten in trouble. Yeah. And, but this time I, I, um, I, I thought if I, if I don't get sober, I'm going to die. Mm. And I, I was in a motel room and I, I tried to drink myself to death. Um, I didn't say I'm going to drink myself to death. I just, I thought, you know, I can't stop. So let's see how far I can take it. Mm. And I literally drank myself sober. Wow. I mean, I know that sounds stupid, wow. but I, I did. And in that process, I, I decided I need to go to treatment. Mm. And so I checked myself into rehab and um, I had horrible withdrawals. Um, I thought I was going to die from the withdrawals, but wow. I didn't. And, and, you know, after the first few days, I, I kind of came to my senses. And, and I just started saying, Lord, if you're real, I need you to do something. Because I, you know, I can't stop. Mm. And um, so I, I kind of got serious about that prayer. And nothing happened. And I, I had been there about two weeks. And so this treatment, after you go through the 30 days, they have a, they have a graduation process for people and so every Monday they would do the graduations and so this this particular Monday a couple of the guys that were graduating asked if I would say something you know at their graduation and I thought that's weird <laughs> and so I said yeah and I stood up to say something nice about them too and and that's where I met Jesus wow the I mean the craziest thing it was like I literally wow. that's when he took out that heart of stone and gave me a heart of flesh wow and I never got to say anything about the guys. I just started weeping. And <laughs> and that went on for about two hours. I couldn't stop crying. And, and wow. I, I never will forget this one guy. He came up to me and he said, man, he goes, you're not crying because these guys are leaving. He said, something's happening to you. Wow. And um, anyway, so from, from that moment on, I, I, I knew. I, 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 there was just, like I said, he really did take out that heart of stone gave me a heart of flesh. I, I started seeing people differently and um, I, I started hearing God's voice pretty much immediately. I mean, he started yeah. talking to me and it wasn't like he would, I, I just, he started talking to me. I just started knowing things on the mm -hmm. inside, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And um, yeah, so uh, then I, um, I finished the rehab. My, my wife, um, she reluctantly said, Come back, yeah. you know. You can come back to the house. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you think that, like, I was just somebody listening, maybe questioning, like, you believe that was like the baptism of the Holy Spirit that you experienced, like, when you were going to go up front and speak? I, I think that was my salvation experience. Your salvation experience. Yeah, okay. I think that was when when I, I, I the, the best way I know how to put it is, <laughs> you know, how the Bible says that God demonstrated His love for mm -hmm. us while we were still sinners. That's what happened. I mean, he demonstrated his love to me. And, you know, the Bible also says that the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart through the Holy Ghost, which was given to me. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened. I mean, that was the first time in my life that I really experienced true wow. love. And so that in return made me love God. Wow. You know, because I loved that so much mm -hmm. that, that I didn't ever want to be a Wow. not experience that which transformed your life because you were living from a place of loving him and so like your desire to not sin came from a place of loving him 
And I actually cheated a little bit. I went and listened to that one testimony that you did seven years ago. You were talking, I'm not quite sure. It was, it was to uh, a lady that it was, you probably know who it was and stuff. Okay, yeah, I do YouTube. remember that, yeah. But it was, and I think it was more for people who were dealing with addictions. I love what you had shared about Romans and mm-hmm. how, like, it's about not beholding your sin problem, but beholding him. And it was about, like, loving, loving, um, like, doing away with your sin that you're done and you're fully living for God. And I think, like, when you encounter God's love and that magnitude, sure, like, you're living from a place of loving God and not saying, like, I kind of want to go back to this, but I'm choosing just to, to be a good boy right now and change like that. Yeah, see, it, it became effortless after, mm-hmm. after that because then I I, I didn't, I, I never thought about, like, f- for instance, up until that day, I mean, I cussed like a sailor. Mm-hmm. It was like the F word was my favorite word. <laughs> Sometimes I would just say it to end descendants, you know, <laughs> but from that moment on, I just I just quit cussing. Wow. It's just, I, I didn't have to not try not to cuss. Yeah. Um, and that's when I was actually delivered from the alcohol. Wow. I, mean, I, I never had a desire. I didn't have to try not to drink anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really the love of God that changed me. Yeah, I just thought that was pretty important to like what happened and how it trained. Because that's almost the key to somebody else who's just, who would, I would say, seeking God and trying to overcome an addiction. It's not um, just so much of like not doing it and not doing it and knowing that you shouldn't do it and you going to really try to do it with all your might not do it but it's almost like falling in love more with God mm-hmm. and allowing his Holy Spirit to come and, and change you know you're saying your heart was soft and you experienced love for the first time and it's only a transformation that the Holy Spirit can do inside of us to set us free absolutely so I just wanted to hone in on that somebody's like hearing your testimony and like maybe in the same shoes of like I want to get over this thing and it's not so much to just being this Christian and, and trying to do it on your own because of what the Bible says you should do, but it's like fixating your eyes on him and falling in love with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and you know, um, the, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so if we're constantly thinking that we need to be better, we're stuck there. So mm-hmm. if, if I'm constantly thinking, I need to stop drinking, well, I'm going to become a person that needs to stop drinking. Mm. which means I'm going to always be drinking. But, <laughs> yeah. but if I start thinking that, that I'm a new creation in mm. Christ Jesus, yeah. then I'm going to become a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're going to live from that place. Yeah. You're not going to live from a place I'm an alcoholic that needs to stop. You're going to live from a place I'm a son that doesn't need to drink. <laughs> and I Absolutely. just need, or not even, maybe not, yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll, and I can live for God and he loves me. And so why would I go back to that? Yeah. yeah and, and I always, I'm always reminded of that scripture. He said, God demonstrated his love to me while I was still mm-hmm. a sinner, mm-hmm. you know? So it was while I was still a sinner that he poured his love out into my heart, yeah. wow. which made me a new creation. Wow. So I, I, you're not ever going to hear me run around saying I'm just an old sinner saved by oh. grace because I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not yeah. an old sinner. Yeah. I used to be a used sinner. Be, yeah. Now I'm a new creation. <laughs> And yeah. so I, I, I just want to smack people <laughs> when they say I'm an old sinner. Yeah. You know, I'm just not perfect. Well, yeah. no, I am perfect in yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to change our thinking for sure. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he said repent. Mm. He was just saying, quit thinking like you used to think. Yeah. No, I definitely I just wanted to, like, because that's so powerful. It's, it's about your perspective of who you are as a son. Because if you don't have that perspective, you're going to go around life and, and be about, like, uh, like you're saying, just an old sinner. So you're going to continue being a sinner, but if you're a son, you're going to live 
free, but you're also going to be living in sonship, like equipping other people to live as sons and calling other people higher and loving other people well. Because you have the heart of the Father. That's just, yeah, I just wanted to hone in on that for a second. Awesome, awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I I guess back to my wife. um, So my wife, she reluctantly said, yeah, you can come back until... You know, you can get on your feet or whatever. Well, um, I, so they gave us this uh, little daily devotional. It was, I think it was from Alcoholics Anonymous or something. But a, after each little devotional, they, they were real short. They had a prayer at the end. Mm. And so um, I, I would just ask my wife, I'd say, hey, let's do this together. That way you can kind of get an idea of, you know, where I'm coming from as, you know, having been an alcoholic and, and so we would do that, and, and that kind of started breaking up some of the hardness in her heart. Mm. And I remember she told me this one time. She said, um, you know, we're going to try to make this work, but she said, I'll never love you like I once loved you. Mm. And I was like, well, you know, God can change that. And um, she said, well, what if I don't let him? She wasn't saved at the time. Yeah. Remember, yeah. I had just gotten saved a couple of weeks before this. And so I just began to pray, and I... I I would pray, God, how, how can I change to make her love me instead of, mm. you know, God change her so that she'll love me? I begin to say, God, help me to be who she needs me to be so she can fall in love with me again. Mm. And um, anyway, my make a long story short, my wife ended up getting saved a few weeks after that. We had started praying together, and um, she was sitting on the fireplace, and she said it was like she could literally hear the scales hit the ground. Wow. And, and you know, the, the, the script, one of her favorite scriptures is, is where it says that if, you know, if we, uh, it's, it's right in the center of the Bible. It says, put your trust in no man, but trust the Lord, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And, and she said that she, she realized in that moment that what God told her was, it's not about us. It's, it's all about him. And, and so that kind of shifted her, her thinking a little bit. And, um, Anyway, so if you ask her to, today, she loves me more than she did back then. So. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, yeah. because I've been here in church services, and I've always seen your wife in the front bench, and I can just sense that she's so proud of you and, like, the man that God has transformed your life into. And, yeah. like, I can just, you're just sitting in the back and just watching her, I can just see the pride and the love that she has for you. So it's amazing, like, what God not only did in you, but also did in her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I think the biggest miracle of that whole thing was that she just... All of that unforgiveness and bitterness that she had towards me, just mm-hmm. God just wiped that all out. It's amazing. It's such a like powerful testimony of God's restoration and of creating beauty from ashes. Yeah, and absolutely. And the power of God, what God can do in restoration, but also healing and transformation. You think his places where we never thought was possible. Like your wife never thought she would be able to forgive you or oh, yeah. love you again. And like it's a beautiful. It's better than what it was in the beginning. I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've really appreciated the fact she said, I'll never love you like I once did, you know, before she loved me with a, with a worldly love, Mm. a love that said, you know, I'm going to love you because I'm expecting this Mm. back from you. Conditional love. Yeah. Yeah. But see, God's love is totally different when God's love is put in our heart. we, We love people because God loves people. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's really awesome. And his love is powerful. Like you were saying, he loved us before we loved him. Well, we were just totally turning our back on him and just whatever, but he loved us because he wanted to restore us and he saw the value that we had. Amen. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious to know, like, 
the like you're now a pastor of Crosswalk Church, which you were just telling us before we started recording this that, that you're transitioning out of that. But you were I remember you telling me that you were like the calling, it was pretty unique, the calling that you had to start a church. And you were basically maybe you can tell us more about it, just basically God brought you, like you raised you up as a Christian or whatever, however you want to say it, and then yeah. you were called to start the church. Like, could you, could you tell that story? Yeah, so um, this was several months a- after the encounter, after Michelle got saved, and um, we were on our way to Oklahoma, and um, I-, I couldn't drive still because of the last DWI I had, so mm-hmm. Michelle was driving, I was over in the passenger seat, and, and I mean, the Lord just spoke to me out of the blue. I mean, it was really out of nowhere. And he said, I want you to start a church. And mm. I thought, <laughs> what in the world? And so I sat there for a minute quiet. And I knew it was his voice. I mean, once you hear the voice of the Lord, you, there's no mistake in it, you know. And so I, I said, Michelle, I think the Lord just said that he wanted us to start a church. <laughs> well, she started laughing. She said, we don't even go to church. I mean, because we weren't. We weren't going to church anywhere at the time. Every once in a while, I would get up and go, you know, we were just kind of checking out different churches. But um, anyway, to make a long story short, two weeks later, we had six people in our living room, and we just started doing a Bible study. And um, we were doing it on Sunday evening, so Sunday mornings, we were going to different churches. And back about five years before I got saved, I I started going to church. I, I quit drinking for about seven months which mm-hmm. that was the longest I had ever stopped drinking since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I met this pastor in Irving. And um, anyway, I, I started, I would go to the church every day. I would cut the grass. I would clean the church. I would do all the things around the church that needed to be done because I thought, you know, I'm just going to work my way into heaven. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, th- that didn't work out. As you know, I mean, you can't you can't get God's love by works. But Thank I didn't brownie brownie points. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't know it, but but that pastor he saw something in me. He said he saw the call of God in my life, and mm-hmm. and he knew that I was called to you know to to preach. And anyway, I quit going to church and I started drinking again. Well, I called him up. Uh, about a month after we had started doing these Bible studies, and mm-hmm. I told him what had happened. And, I hadn't spoke to him in several years, and he said, well, I'm going to my daughter's house for the week. When I get back, let's go to lunch. Mm. And so after he got back, he called me, he said, let's go to lunch, and we went to lunch, and he said, "Um, I really feel kind of weird saying this. He goes, but on the way to my daughter's house, the Lord spoke to me and said, why don't you have Eric come over and give give him the Sunday night service? Mm. I mean, I hadn't spoke to this... (laughs) guy in, you know, several years, and wow. he told me that, and I was like blown away, I was like, man, I you know, I don't even know what to say, so I went back, and about this time, we, we probably had 12 people in the living room by this time, and so I told everybody what had happened, and everybody was like, yeah, let's do it, so we, so we joined with that church, all of us went over there and joined with that church, and so for a, for a whole year, I just went and, and just kind of sat under him, and, and I preached on Sunday nights, and and mainly on Sunday nights, it was just kind of the people that had came over with me and maybe a few from the Sunday morning service. And um, so that happened, that, that went on about a year. And during all that process, I was going to Bible college too. And then one day during, during Bible college, the Lord says, time to go back to the living room. Mm. And so I, I told Pastor Zane and, and he, he said, you know, he agreed and, 
he said next week we'll ordain you guys and send you all out. And so wow. the very next week they they ordained us, laid hands on us, and we went back to the living room. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how we got to where we're at now. Is that so? That's when you came here. This whole church process, like now you're at a, at a physical building. So is that when you were sent out? You said you went back to the living room. Is that? Um... Yeah. So we were in the living room for about two months, and and we just kind of we grew a little bit every week, and and then we we got enough money to to rent a building, and we went out and rented a building, and and uh, didn't have any idea what we're doing, and still really don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Step but, by faith, just being obedient. That's awesome. I love. How like the obedience is like uh, one step at a time and just stepping out yeah, absolutely. in faith and, and how God is. That's how parts of the podcast that we're doing right now was started, just stepping out in faith. And it's crazy how God is is, is teaching me stuff. So it's personally, as asking you like the, the interviewee, it's encouraging to me just to hear that part of your testimony of just stepping out in faith and and uh, being obedient to God. And, and God's, I'm sure, taught you a lot on, on each step that you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's how our faith grows. Yeah. I mean, we just keep doing the next thing he says to do. Yeah, no, I love even how the pastor that you were sitting under for like a year, like you had no grid for church. And so you like you sat under him for a year, and he, he basically discipled you on what it looks like to be a pastor and sent you out. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was such a blessing. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I'm just curious. You were saying like um, – just, just so like, I just even my own understanding or somebody listening, like, I believe like in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and like, did, was there was there like a? Um, I know that you're, the Holy Spirit resides, and you have seen it in your church service, and and I see it in your eyes, and I see you like this is the truth that you're speaking, and God, God clearly does speak to you. Like, um, when it comes to baptism of the Holy Spirit, some people have experiences of it and stuff like that. Would you say like the the baptism of the Holy Spirit that that you carry happened? when you wept for like two hours or was there a special moment where you're like, there was a special moment. So after I got out of treatment, I had been out of rehab for six months because you, you can't go back and share until you have been out for six months. Mm. That's just a rule that they had. Well, they had a guy that was coming in doing Bible studies and, and so I met him. I went to one of the Bible studies and uh, I just thought there's something different about this guy. You know, you could tell he just had a, there was a, there was just a fire in his eyes or something. I don't know what it was. But anyway, um, I had a friend that I met while I was in rehab that ended up ODing. Mm-hmm. And when he OD'd, I, it just broke my heart, you know, mm-hmm. because it broke my heart because I, I was I was fortunate enough to have an encounter with God, wow. set me free. And so I felt like at that point, the Lord said, I, I want you to work with alcoholics and drug addicts. Mm-hmm. And so this guy had given me his card that was doing the Bible study. And so I called him and I asked, told him what we were doing. And I said, I feel like the Lord wants me to, you know, come and help you. And he's like, well, I, I don't really, I don't, I always go alone, you know. And I said, well, just pray about it. And I'll call you back next week. So I called him back next week and he said, okay, the Lord told me to have you come help me. Hmm. So I, I went with him one time and man, I just fell in love with it because, I mean, we saw miracles. We saw people really get touched by God. And so the next week, I, I just I started honing in on the gifts of the Spirit, you know, speaking in tongues, uh, the word of wisdom. All I, I saw that in the Bible, but I never had experienced it. And so the next time I went to the rehabs, we were in between rehabs. We, we worked two different rehabs every Monday. And so on the trip from the first one to the second one, I asked him about, you know, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And 
And he said, he said this phrase, I'll never forget. He goes, you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know. I, well, what do you mean? And he said, you never spoke in tongues? And I said, no, that's why I'm asking you about it. He said, oh, he goes, I'll lay hands on you and you'll be speaking in tongues within uh, 30 seconds. <laughs> and I thought, this guy has flipped his lid. First of all, he's a deacon in the Baptist church. Oh, yeah, here. wow. And, and so, I, you know, and I grew up in the Baptist church and I knew they didn't speak in tongues. <laughs> And so he just shared a few scriptures with me, very simple teaching about it. And we got back and we were sitting in the parking lot and he said, all right, I'm going to pray for you. And he laid hands on me. And, you know, I, I did. I, I felt this warmth. Um, I felt the presence of God. And I, I felt in my belly just this, uh, like I was, I mean, I don't know how to describe yeah. it. I just felt something in yeah. my belly just tightening up, you know. And so I kind of went, uh or buh, I don't yeah. remember. And he's like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, that, that's not it, you know, yeah. because I was thinking I was going to start speaking in this awesome language, yeah. you know. And he was like, no, he goes, he goes, just when you get in your truck, and it's a 90-minute drive, you yeah. know, from here wow. to Stephenville, he goes, turn your radio off, and he goes, do that all the way home. <laughs> so all the way home, I was kind of like, buh, uh. you know, just kind of did that, and so that went on for about two weeks, and, and I was really frustrated. I was like, Lord, I know this isn't, you know, what I hear other people do that speak in tongues. And um, so I was kind of frustrated. I was upset. And so one day I just got my Bible out, and, and I was sitting there, and I was kind of mad. You know, have you ever kind of got mad because something wasn't happening? And, yeah. and the Lord just spoke to me, and he said, go get in the closet. And, and in my closet, I had this little uh, spot uh, fixed out where I'd go in there and I'd pray, but I could never pray for more than ten minutes or so because I mm. ran out of things to, you know, <laughs> to pray for. And so I, I went and I got in there and I, I just kind of got down and I was just kind of going, the doing that whole thing again. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I don't want anything fake or or fabricated. And man, all of a sudden, the power of God hit me, wow. and, and I began praying in tongues like I had been doing it all my life. I mean, it was just like I was fluent and this whole language came out of my mouth and I started singing in tongues and man, I was the happiest person in the world. But so that was kind of my experience with the baptism. But, but I will say this, one thing that I'm so thankful for is from that moment on, I prayed in tongues all the time. Wow. I mean, I, I was, I was, it was like, I don't know if you've ever gotten a gift from somebody and, and you really cherished it because it was something you wanted so bad. Mm. Well, that's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for me. Once I got it, I, I wasn't going to lose it. Mm. And so I, I encourage everybody that's listening, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you speak in other tongues, do it every day. Mm. I mean, the, the Bible says that, that we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Spirit or praying in the Holy Ghost, yeah. however you want to say it. And so, um, yeah, don't stop doing it. Yeah, so you, you, would, you would attribute that a lot to it. Well, there's definitely spending time with God in a secret place, but also like just praying in tongues daily would attribute a lot of that to sustaining you and growing you and equipping you to do what you're called to do today, which is called to ministry. Absolutely. I, I, would, I, would, I would even go as far to say that if I didn't pray in tongues, I would probably be drinking again. Mm, wow. I mean, be, because the Bible says, Jesus told the disciples, he, he said, he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you've been endued with power mm. from up on high. And he was talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
And, and over the years, I've seen so many people come into the church that they get saved, they get set on fire, you know, speaking other tongues. Mm-hmm. And, and then six months later, they're, they're back in the bar wow. or they're back on the dope. And, and you know, I always ask them, well, were you praying in, in tongues? And they would be like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Bible says that when we pray in tongues, we're, we, we pray mysteries unto God is how it says it. And well, God doesn't need mysteries revealed to him. Mm-hmm. It's us who need the mysteries revealed to us. And so when I pray in tongues and then I read the Bible, I get revelation oh, of wow. the word, which is Jesus. Yeah. And, and that revelation is what sustains us. Yeah. You know, revelation is the bread of life. Wow. Re- revelation is the light of the gospel, the light of the world. Revelation mm-hmm. is the salt Revelation, it, it's, it's all of those things. It's Jesus. And so uh, Paul said it this way. He, he said, he said that, that I may partake in his sufferings and the power of his resurrection. That's, that's revelation in, that I may know him, mm. you know, that we may know him. That, that's one thing Paul wanted more than anything else to, is to know Jesus. And I attribute to my relationship with Jesus from praying in tongues. Wow. So that's yeah. just part of like the love language or just... An intimacy with God that you have going on, and it's it's what yeah no it's powerful yeah it's it's my spirit praying yeah it's my spirit connecting with the spirit of God which wow. changes us yeah amen yeah too often I think we don't we don't value it enough I know in my life I'm trying to do more of it on a daily basis just because it changes me it builds me up and God uses that to to equip me to help other people or to speak into other people's lives some ways I don't even realize what I'm doing yeah it's absolutely spirit. like it almost makes you more sensitive. To what he's doing in you and through you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's powerful. Amen. So I, just because I'm just kind of curious, there's this thought that keeps running through my mind, and and I've, I've never actually had the opportunity. I think you and I have sat down, but I've never had the opportunity to ask anybody this question. So like during a church service, and then this is more of my curiosity for just other people thinking it as well. But like when I came here the first time, you and I made contact. It was just a spiritual connection, and you felt like. You were led to pray with me, which is a normal, I don't know if you guys do it anymore, but it was a normal circumstance on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday thing where you had a sermon and then you would go around praying for people. And sometimes it was Sunday morning as well. And I remember this place is definitely like revival was happening. I remember real quickly, like after the, after a church service, the worship band started back up and we were here almost to 11 o'clock and I only went home because my, one of my roommates while I was at school here wanted to go home. I'm like, I could be here all night long. Yeah. And we're just dancing around the church. And, um, and it's like most people go to church and they can't wait till they leave to go to go back home, but like that wasn't the case. And it's it's what happens when the Holy Spirit shows up and you allow him to move and allow the freedom um, to him to, to be able to steward the presence of God. You don't want just the presence of God to show up. You want him to show up and do what he wants to do. Amen. But when you go around and pray for people, like I'm just out of curiosity, like mm-hmm. like I've uh, when you lay hands on people and people are falling out in the spirit, I know that that's not like, all right, I earned my stripes and like God is pleased with me, but I think that's probably attributed to praying in tongues because as you're doing it, you're actually giving away a gift. You gave a good way a gift to me when you prayed for me. I didn't fall down on my <laughs> on my butt, but like my knees were shaking. I'm like, what's going on? Because my I grew up conservative. My mind wanted to analyze it. I'm like, I'm done analyzing this. I could feel my hands shaking. There's a few other times actually a week or two ago that, that happened to me as well. Like just somebody was praying for my hands started to shake. But uh, something shifted in that moment. I'm just curious to know Maybe, I don't know if you have any, like, teaching or just, you know, like, just a tip. And I'm just curious to know that whole process of what happened or when that started to happen. You felt like you were supposed to go pray for people, like, which happens here. Yeah. When, so, when so a lot of times, um, so we got the same Holy Ghost yeah. on the inside of us, right? Yeah. And um, a lot of times, for me personally, I, I'll see somebody having 
an encounter mm. with the Lord or like gotcha. I've, I've heard it said like this. So this is really the only way I know how to say it is you can see the anointing, somebody pulling from the anointing. Mm. Is, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I must've saw that on you. And then because here's the thing, I, the, the anointing can, can be flowing in, in a service or, or through a, a man or a woman of God. Mm-hmm. But if, if the vessel that you lay hands on is not receiving anything, it stops there. You know, we're to receive. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you kind of just, you see that somebody is in a receiving mode and then you just call them out. And then the Lord, you know, the Lord will lead you on anything to say or anything to pray like that, but it, it's more of a just seeing something in the spirit. Yeah. I mean, feeling God call you to go pray for them and yeah. And then praying for them. And, and sometimes you'll actually, you'll actually see it before it happens. I mean, just, you just get it real quick. And when I say see it, uh, it's just a, I, I don't know. How, I don't know how to say it because you don't see it with it, with your natural eyes. You just, there's a knowing on the inside mm-hmm. of you. Yeah, and I personally know what you mean, but I don't know other yeah. people listening. But yeah, it's, and it's definitely that walk with God. Like I've been, I've been, God's been showing me that I need to get to know Him in the inner chambers, of like like an intimate lover. That way, I get to know His voice, get to know His heart, and praying in tongues is one of them. So that way, you live from the secret place. That way, when you're out there and, and doing life, and you can hear from God for other people, and you carry His heart for other people. And you can love other people well and equip other people well. So, like, it doesn't surprise if you're praying in tongues constantly and spending time with them that you're able to hear God and see what God's doing in other people's lives and then, I guess, follow in tune with that. And Yeah. So, Amen. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so now, how long have you been here? Like, we're sitting here in your office at church. Or how long have you been pastoring this church? So, um, February 14th was actually our 10-year anniversary. Really? So, for 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's definitely a church that is alive, and uh, yeah, amen. Yeah, would you call your guys call yourself non-denominational? Yeah, um, you know, just a few months back, uh, I had a neighbor that asked me, he said, "What kind of church do you pastor?" And I said, "Non-denominational." <laughs> and a couple hours later, I was I was just spending some time with the Lord, and the Lord just asked me, He said, "Why do you keep using that as a cop out?" <laughs> and so I said, "Well, what do you mean?" And, and and so obviously I knew what he was talking about, but you know I I think I think in America we've put that label on a church because we've gotten afraid to say we're a church that casts out devils, mm. we're a church that speaks in tongues, you know we're a church that that believes gotcha. in the power of God, yeah. and we're we're a Bible based church, you know mm-hmm. we, we believe that the Word of God is is mm. you know the the the, the it is the truth, the absolute yeah. truth, and yeah. and so, yes, to answer your question, yeah. yes, but 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 I think God's God's looking for, uh, He's looking for the church to rise up and quit hiding behind all of these words that we've come up with just to pacify mm. people. Yeah, you, you know, because if if I actually went out there and I probably if I polled fifteen people and they said what kind of church were you, and if I would say Pentecostal, they would probably put up you know uh, a little signal saying, "Hey, well get, get back because you're weird." Yeah. But if I said non-denominational, they'd be oh cool because every church describes themselves as that now, mm-hmm. but not every church operates in the power of God. Yeah. You know, yeah. if there's not a manifestation 
of God's power in the church service, you, you should have just stayed home. Mm. You know, because mm-hmm. the word always is accompanied with signs and wonders. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. No, no, it definitely did. And, and that's I appreciate that. Like, I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're, we're in a day where we've got to quit hiding behind these phrases. Mm-hmm. And we've got to start acting like the church. Yeah, we, we kind of want to water stuff down so that, it, that people can be okay with it. And like, we're, churches... Definitely, tendency is to be people pleasers. Absolutely, and, uh, I heard a message on Saturday by William Hinn um, that was saying like we can get married with the world and the worldly ways, and then he had like he had a biblical basis for it and stuff. But he said that we need to be set apart. Absolutely, and we need to like stick to the truth instead of just kind of watering it down to make it feel like a seeker friendly or whatever, and just stand on the truth and allow like the power of God to move and transform people's lives. Because if you don't have the power of God, you might as well not do church because yeah. that's what transforms. That's what softened your heart. That's what softened my heart. That's what, that's what set me free. It wasn't a 10-step program. It was like a yeah, one-step program. It was Jesus. And so that, that's what I love about this church. You guys are rooted in truth. And I've listened to you guys on Facebook every once in a while and, and stuff like that. And just being here, you're rooted in truth. You're going after God. And you're not so much worried about like to do things like the religious way or like the culture. Just just the church is... You were, first of all, being obedient to what God put on your heart, and you continue that that rhythm of that. So that's awesome. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I'm excited about what God's doing right now in the world. Yeah, so you're transitioning now from being a pastor, the pastor role. You're, you're going more into, like before we were talking about, you're going uh, from an evangelist, more of an evangelistic role in the church, or are you just stepping back? Yeah, I'm just kind of stepping back. I'm, I, I really don't feel like God's called me to be a a pastor, so to speak, but you know, I I think in America we, we've created this this ideal that whoever's doing the preaching is automatically the pastor, mm. and and so we're just um, looking for people in the in the body in our church that have the gifting of pastor on them and let them pastor the people. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't even know what all that looks like yet, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm just we're, we're kind of done with titles around here. Mm. You know, it's not about a title. Let's let's just function as the body and the way it was supposed to function. Yeah, amen. Yeah, that's awesome. And, then, and it's another again, it's a step of faith. You felt God told you to do this. You're going to go do this, and it doesn't make sense. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row. Yeah, to take that first step. Yeah, just, God just told you to step forward. And, and you know, as soon as we did it, God started opening the doors. You know, for me to actually function in an evangelist role, like I've been at other churches and preached, you know, awesome. like before, I couldn't necessarily do that. So yeah. I'm excited about that. And, and we do a lot of mission work too. I mean, we go to Cuba every year and really? Africa. So I'm excited about all that. Too. Do you are you involved here in the community with missional work as well? We, we do, we do. We haven't been going out as much lately, but yeah, we always we get this. Um, we have an apartment complex right up the street that mm-hmm. we. We're always doing something over there. We, we provided Thanksgiving meals for most of the apartment complex. That's um, awesome. Christmas presents for all the kids. So, yeah, they, they know us over there. That's um, awesome. You know, a lot of times when we go out, it's not about getting them into our church, but it's about just taking mm-hmm. the church out to them. It's awesome. That's definitely what the church is supposed to be. Like, I yeah. love that. Like, it's not like the, yeah, the early church and stuff was blessing other people and, like, showing who God was, who the way we loved and just the way we did life. Yeah, amen. And from from your testimony, it's it's something that's bubbling from the from the inside out. Like it's some like you can you can try to look good on the outside and wear the right kind of suits and comb your hair the right way. Yeah. But if it's messed up on the inside, you're going to be like a, 
uh, like a white, what, the sepulcher that, or I can't think of, like the Pharisees that got white the Pharisees, whitewashes. Yeah. But like when you're truly transformed from the inside out, like God's love just pours out and you're able to equip and love other people. That's awesome. I love what you guys are doing here. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, I'm just trying to think of, of stuff that is running through my mind. Like I'm, I'm honored to, to be able to sit down here and do this with you. It's, it's, well, it's amazing. an honor for me to get to be a part of it. I'm excited. <laughs> I, I think God's really going to expand what you're doing. And yeah, I yeah. think you're going to have all kinds of people on here. Yeah, no, this is, this is awesome. So, um, could you, could you do me a favor? Maybe like either two things, like, could you, if, if somebody's listening mm-hmm. that can like, can, can connect with your story, whether it's an alcohol or drug addiction whatever addictions and just feeling like they've mowed the they mowed the grass they've they pulled the weeds and they still didn't get the breakthrough like they've been doing all these things they've been trying so super hard to have the breakthrough from their addiction or their sin problem or just having their connection with God and then hearing your story and they, they see that it's possible and they want that they want to get to a place where they're all in fully surrendered I guess it's because that's part of your story you're like you were done with it and then and then you encountered the Holy Spirit and like God powerfully changed the insides of you. That's why they. That's why you're able to do what you do today. And and uh, could you could you maybe if you have a few words to say to that person listening, and then maybe pray pray for the people that are listening, whether they're in that those shoes or just somebody listening. Could you like maybe end it with that? Sure. So um, so let I'll, I'll address the addiction thing. How's that the alcohol yeah. thing? So the Lord showed me after I got set free from alcohol because I always wondered how. Some people get set free and some people don't. And so this is kind of the message that the Lord gave me. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10 that it's with the heart that we believe and are made right with God. And it's with the mouth that we confess unto salvation. And so I always said, well, Lord, what does that look like? You know, why did I get set free? And I can remember when I was an alcoholic, one of the things that, that, that I think I wanted more than anything else was to be able to drink like a social drinker drink. Mm. You know, I wanted to just come home from work and have a couple of beers and, and not end up drinking a case and flipping out on my neighbors and, and on my wife and everything else. But I could never get there. And so I, I was always mad at the person that could just have a couple of drinks. Mm. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. if you're an alcoholic, I, I'm sure you can relate to that because that that's kind of our goal is to let's get this under control instead of instead of it being let's stop this let's just get it under control where I can function and, and so I, I remember that when I started crying out to the Lord I, I was like Lord wh- whatever it takes you know I I I gave the drinking up with my heart I, I didn't care about the person that could have two beers anymore. Mm. I, it didn't. It didn't affect me because I knew that if I didn't stop drinking, I was going to die, mm. and, and I didn't want to die without knowing God. Mm. You know, because I did believe that there is a hell, that there's a heaven to gain or in a hell to shun, and so I believed that if I didn't make that step, I was going to go to hell. And um, so I, I finally got to a place where I said, God, I don't care if I can ever drink sociably. Mm. You know, I, I don't. That doesn't matter. All I care about is. I need to get set free. Mm. And so he showed me, you know, a month later that what I did was I, I gave the alcohol up with my heart. You know, I, I said, Lord, you can you can have this because see, God will never take something from you that you don't really mean when you say, Lord, take this from me. Because mm. God is he's, he's an honorable God. 
And so if, if God was to take the alcohol from me and I not be willing to give it up, then I would have resented him later that he took something that I loved more than him away from me. Wow. And, and so when I said, God, I, I want you more than I want the alcohol, that's when he was able to take it away from me. And, wow. and, and that works with, that. that's anything mm-hmm. that, that we struggle with giving up. And so when you finally give things up with your heart, God will take them. Wow. I hope that helped. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being blessed by hearing that. That's so good. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, so if, if you're having trouble, ask yourself if you really want to get rid of it or if you just, if you want to get rid of the consequences of it. Mm. Because not God's not so much concerned about the consequences as he is your heart. Wow. Yeah. And when you give it up to him, he's right there helping you. How oh, long yeah. he's pursuing you, but yeah, he takes their full surrender and... Yeah. yeah, I mean, because it, think about it. If God took something from you that you really didn't want to let go, then He He would actually be forcing you mm. to to live right. And we only live right in Him. Yeah, you know, we we none of us can live right apart from Him. Yeah. So I just encourage you. To, and if if you if you still want to drink, you you know, if if you can't honestly say, Lord, I can't give it up with my heart, just tell Him that. Mm. You know, just say, Lord, I. I, I Make me want yeah. to wow. give it up, yeah. you know. But I have found that being honest with God is much better than trying to convince God of a lie because He's mm. truth. <laughs> so He's not ever going to fall for it. So yeah. don't don't pray some religious prayer and don't don't ever pray what you think God wants to mm-hmm. hear, but pray from your heart because He only works with truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. And He wants He wants His kids like He loves us His children. He wants to see us free. And just like if you, like your kid or whatever, like he would come to you and, and just have like, we'd be like, what's wrong with you? Like, just, just give me, like, if you just had this, this stuff that he's supposed to say, what sounds right, and just kind of tippy-toe around, you'd be like, come on, just, just be real with me. Have a real conversation. Because for you as a father, like, you want to you wanna, you wanna be a blessed child. You want to help them. And sometimes the help, the true help that they might receive might sting a little bit, but, but ultimately you have your best in mind. Amen. And that's, that's the love of the father that's pursuing us that uh, wants to set us free, but but it's the the posture of the heart of the child saying, I want to be free. I don't even know how to even fully have that desire to uh, to be fully like set free and fully surrendered. I don't even fully know how to do it, but I want to get there. And I think God can take that. Oh, yeah. That desire. And, yeah, Absolutely. Your life is a testimony to that. And, and, and I would say this too. If, if God sets you free from something, don't go wallering back into mm. that mess. Don't mm. don't be the dog that returns to the vomit. Mm. And and you say, well, how do you do that? Well, you stay connected to the source of freedom. Mm-hmm. It is for freedom that Christ mm. has set us free. So as as long as you stay yoked up to Jesus, mm. you won't go back to your own vomit. Yeah. So He saves you from darkness and fully into light. So we should stay in the light, and <laughs> He saved us unto Him. Absolutely. So it's like abiding in Him and growing in that, whether it's praying in tongues, whether it's just spending time in the secret place, reading the Word, yeah, allowing absolutely. us to renew us. So it's it's embracing the new identity and living from that new identity in, in Him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And stop saying that you can't understand the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> your, your words carry power. And so it, even if you don't understand it right now, stop saying that mm. because you're going to get what you say. Wow. Yeah, that's so good. I love it. So... Um, Real quickly before you pray, and maybe I was trying to figure out if I should do this on the tail end of it or the beginning of it. So your um, your 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 um, church. Mm-hmm. I know you guys are Facebook Live at times. I've watched the the Wednesday night service at times, 
and stuff. So that's one way somebody listening wants to check out your church. You could go Crosswalk uh, Church, right? It's uh, Crosswalk Church on Facebook, yes. And our website is crosswalkdfw.org. Okay, awesome. And uh, and then if they come to, what is this here, Halton? Halton City, Texas. I, I butcher all these names. I lived in, what was it, Wataga or Watuga? I forget. I, everybody yeah. was, all the locals were always looking at me when I lived, went to Lifestyle Christianity. So you're in Halton City. Halton City, yes. Okay. So it's they, just right outside of Fort Worth. Awesome. So somebody's in town and wants to stop by if they could. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. So uh, could you could you just pray for us? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Father, we, we just thank you. We thank you for your unfailing love, Lord. And, and Lord, I just pray that if there's anybody out there today, Lord, that, that they don't know, that they don't know you. They may know about you, but Lord, they don't know you. I, I just, I pray, Lord, that they would seek you with a true heart, Lord. I, I just pray right now that you would soften their heart, and I pray that you would just demonstrate your love to them, Lord, that they would that they would encounter the love of God, that the love of God would be shed abroad in their heart through the Holy Ghost. And if there is anybody out there, it's it really is just as simple as saying, saying, Lord, I, I give you permission to reveal yourself to me. Just just give him permission right now. Say, Lord, I give you permission to reveal yourself to me. And just be honest with him. Don't ever try to make stuff up and don't don't get religious with him. Just be as honest with him as you would your best friend because that's ultimately what he is. He, he is our friend. Jesus said that he calls us friends. And it's really as simple as saying, Lord, I give you permission. And and then, the, you know, the Bible says that if we believe with our heart that Jesus is Lord and that he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead and we confess that with our mouth, we shall be saved. And so you can just say, Jesus, I believe that you're Lord. I believe that the Father rose you from the dead. And I am saved. It's that simple. And then just begin talking to him. and he, he will never leave you or forsake you. If you talk to him, I promise you, he'll talk back to you if you do it with a sincere heart. Amen. 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 I mean, it's been a blessing and honor, and I'm super encouraged. Just well, thank you, you so much for having me. <laughs> I always love talking about Jesus. Yeah, definitely can see it in your eyes, the excitement that you have going on. So, um I bless you, and uh, and I wish you the best on your your church here and everything that God is doing. Amen. Thank you so much. All right.